I'm Joe Napolitano, guest hosting for Denzel Muhammad. Welcome to Job Makers, a weekly podcast produced by Pioneer Institute and the Immigrant Learning Center. I'm excited to share with you the stories of risk-taking immigrants who create new products, services, and jobs in New England and across the United States. These stories resonate with me because of my own background. Though I was raised in New York, I was actually born in Bogota, Colombia, and abandoned at a bus stop when I was just a day old. Placed in an orphanage, I nearly died of starvation before I was adopted by a family from Long Island and raised by a single parent. Despite all of these obstacles, I went on to earn a degree from Medill at Northwestern University and have built a career as an award-winning journalist covering topics for the New York Times, Chicago Tribune, Newsday, and other outlets, writing about education, crime, science, but it was really education that was my own pathway out of poverty. I passionately believe no child's life should be left to chance. That's why I wrote a new book on immigrant youth, The School I Deserve, Six Young Refugees, and Their Fight for Equality in America has just been published and is available at Amazon, Target, your local booksellers, and even Beacon Press itself. Yitka Borowick is founder of Clean Green, a Cape Cod-based natural company offering residential, commercial, and construction cleaning services, and a new business during the pandemic that she started, Nova Yoga. A native of the Czech Republic, Yitka moved from her home country to Cape Cod in 2003. Her initial goal was to become fluent in English. With time, effort, dedication, and support from the community, Yitka was able to achieve that goal five years later when she graduated with an associate degree from Cape Cod Community College. That same year, 2008, Yitka embarked on a new dream when she launched Clean Green. Her vision was to create the most effective, safe, and affordable eco-friendly cleaning business on Cape Cod. Clean Green began as a one-person enterprise, but today it employs a staff of nearly 20. From 2012 to 2016, it earned, quote, best of Cape Cod from Cape Cod Magazine readers and was named Business of the Year in 2014 from the Hyannis Area Chamber of Commerce. In 2011, Yitka earned her bachelor's degree in public relations from Suffolk University. She is a member of the Cape Cod Young Professionals, the Greater Hyannis Area Chamber of Commerce. She is a past president of the Business Network International Convergence Team. Her personal involvement in the community extends well beyond her company, which supports several nonprofits and which encourages her employees to find similar ways to give back. When we return, we'll talk with Yitka Barwick founder of Clean Green. Yitka, can you tell us a bit about your background, including where you're from and what life was like there for you? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's my honor. So I came from the Czech Republic. Uh, I was born in 1978. Uh, during communism. And when I was 11 years old, uh, communism was over. So, you know, my first 11 years were, were quite different. And uh, it was a shock after communism was over and when we were able to travel outside of Czech Republic and visit Western countries. 
uh, quite something interesting. And I still have memories uh, when I was growing up, when my parents were waiting in lines uh, for meats, sometimes for hours and wouldn't get any, or what a big deal it was for us to have oranges and bananas for Christmas. Something that we take so, it's so normal now. And uh, I have a daughter uh, who probably will not ever understand how it was when I was growing up. Uh, you know, but there were some amazing things about that. We were composting, we were, we were recycling, we were growing our own fruits and vegetables. So I feel that I brought uh, into my older life some important things uh, with me. So I went to study business. Uh, I did a business school. Uh, after business school, I went to do languages for a year. Because since I was a teenager, I was always passionate about studying a language. And my dream was to someday live in a country and speak the language. And it was always Germany. But moving forward, it was always Germany. And fast forward, I ended up in America. So when I was 24 years old, uh, after having a pretty intense corporate job in Prague, I felt that I need a change. And I spoke Russian, of course, my Czech language, German, but I, I didn't have enough time to improve my English. So I came to the United States for one year with the goal to become fluent. And I have been here 18 years now. Well, I was wondering, yes, if you can tell me, where did you do your undergraduate studies? Did you do it abroad or did you do that here? I did it here. So after, when I was here for one year and when I was 24 years old, one year seemed such a long, such a long time. I thought I will be fluent, go back to Prague and uh, find a job that I can really use all the languages. But after 10 months, I realized that I was not fluent at all. I was surprised when I was supposed to go back and I said, no, I want to continue. I really want to be fluent. So I started looking into schools here and I applied at Cape Cod Community College uh, for uh, my uh, studying and I had student visa. So I did Cape Cod Community College. And then at Cape Cod Community College, I heard about doing Suffolk University right at Cape Cod Community College. So after I had my associate's degree, I transferred to Suffolk University and I did my bachelor's degree at Suffolk while I was on Cape Cod. Okay. And so when you initially came to the United States, you said you were age 24? Correct. And where were you living? I lived in Harwich on Cape Cod. Oh, okay. Wow. And what were you doing out there initially? So I came as a nanny for one year. Yeah, that's a great entryway in to get to know people and speak, then start speaking the language and hone your, your language skills. That makes a lot of sense. And experiment the, cult, the country, the culture. Uh, so that was my plan. One year have a uh, immersion, learn, and go back. Right, okay. And so when you did come here, did you find, like what were some of the things that you struggled with or that you found maybe surprising about American culture? So the most surprising for me was the language. I did take English classes, but when you take one hour once a week or two hours once a week, that really didn't do it. So coming here was a shock because I could not express myself. I was not able to communicate much. And it was very interesting to 
feel that you're starting from the beginning again. So the language, but to me, that motivated me. I wanted to read books. I didn't want to hang out with people from Czech Republic because I knew if I do that, I will not learn as fast as I wanted to. But when I came here, I was reading Juni B. Jones' books. That's what my daughter was reading two years ago. So, you know, little by little, I was really working on the language. And what I found very surprising was how helpful people were. When I went to the grocery store and I was waiting in the deli line and they were asking me a million questions. Do you want this pastrami? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want to cut it thin, thick? I couldn't, I was so overwhelmed. I had no idea, but people were patient and asking me, do you need anything? How can we help you? And that was very, very surprising to me. Okay. And I also always say to guests, um, or whenever I'm talking about American culture, that of course there is no one American culture. There are many different regions of this country, cultures, languages, people with all different experience of what it is to be an American or live in America. So even living in one geographical area, you can kind of get a sense of that area, but you know, there's a whole big country to explore outside of there. Um, and so I'm wondering, uh, is there anything else that was, you know, perhaps a major challenge for you? Certainly the language issue was a big challenge. Was there, were there any kind of cultural mores or anything that was unusual for you that kind of stood out as really different? I would say not really. I was really surprised when I came here, I felt almost like I was so close to home. It was very similar with the four seasons, with the people, you know, I really felt very comfortable here. What was the biggest uh, surprise for me is that I was not able, when I came in October 2003, I couldn't go to a college because the semester already started. But through Cape Cod Literacy Council, I was able to get a tutor who was teaching me English for free. And I could not believe that this is possible, that somebody takes the time sees you once or twice a week and helps you and you don't have to pay. You got, tell me a little bit about Clean Green. What made you really hone in on that particular business? So when I knew I will be staying on Cape Cod, it was time for me to decide what am I going to do? And I knew my English was st still not uh, that great that I would be able to compete with uh, other people who were fluent for jobs, but I also wanted to have my own company for a long time because my dad is an entrepreneur. So I thought this is an opportunity to combine my dream of starting my own business, this decision-making and start a company, but the company had to do something positive because I knew someday when I look back, I want to make sure I did something that had a positive impact and I chose Natural Cleaning Company. And so what specifically does Clean Green do to minimize its impact on the environment? So Clean Green, uh, we are one of eight certified as a level two business, which is a process that is done through the Cape Cod Chamber of Commerce and Community Development Partnership for Businesses. So that uh, level of certification we completed in 2015. So this program identifies practical strategies for businesses to minimize the impact on the environment 
setting up a recycling program, reducing waste, reducing energy consumption, changing buying practices, switching to environmentally friendly products and tools. So we looked at everything in our business because it's not only the products we use that are natural, but also the tools and the methods and everything that we do business. Do these practices tend to increase business costs? No, we did not want this to increase the cost because we didn't want our clients to see this as a barrier. So our prices are competitive to other companies who were not natural because we saw there were two audiences, people who really were passionate and wanted companies that were green, but other clients who really didn't care if we are using natural products or not. They just wanted their houses or offices clean. So we felt that by being competitive with our pricing, the people who don't really uh, care as much, they'll get it as a bonus. So we did not increase our prices just because we were a natural cleaning company. Okay. And now, if you don't mind, I'd love to talk to you about the yoga studio. That was a pretty brave move to start that company. And you started it recently during the pandemic, right? That's correct. I actually was planning end of 2018, uh, in 2019. I have always been passionate about healthy lifestyle. And I'm an athlete. I am. A, a, I was a runner. I'm a cyclist. And I knew when I started to do more yoga, how beneficial it was for me, but also as a business owner. So I had this passion that I felt that I want to do something about. So I started to planning uh, opening of health and wellness studio. But the vision before the pandemic hit was to provide digital content, to be online, doing an app and offering yoga, health, and wellness to everybody in the whole world, because my dream is to build a global company. Then the pandemic hit. (laughs) And so it sounds like, though, your business was set up for the pandemic in a sense, right? I mean, you were primarily trying to have an online business. We were trying to have an online business. And when we were looking, when we were auditioning teachers and looking for a space where we can do recordings, we found an amazing location. And the location was available, ready for rent. So I started to look into it deeper to see if perhaps we could open a studio that we can bring our vision to market by first starting and building a local community. So it went from an online uh, business to opening a studio to first get known in the community, start bringing people in the studio with the goal of launching the app and the online. Then pandemic hit and everything flipped and we had to go online immediately. And so what were the unique challenges of starting a business during that time? So what was very interesting is that we were planning to open in April, 2020. In March, the pandemic hit and everything had to shift, but there was never a question whether we would open or not, because we know how health and wellness is important. So we quickly had to adapt, and fortunately, our space was big. We, had a 20, we have a 2,900 square feet studio. 
studio where we were supposed to do yoga was smaller, so we had to shift things around so we could possibly do some classes on a limited basis and following all our guidelines. But we were not opening till we had a soft launch end of June. We were able to find an outdoor space and start some classes outside. And then in the meantime, we were recording our videos because we had all teachers scheduled and confirmed. And we didn't want to let them go and tell them now we will not need you. So we were recording in studio. We were doing classes outside, building our online library and slowly uh, having, having 14 feet apart between students practicing first without masks, then with masks, we were able to hold small classes. It sounds like the pandemic did bring some unique opportunities for you. Were, there, were you able to benefit from the availability of federal funding or because of the renewed focus on physical and mental health during the pandemic? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately with Nova, we were not able to qualify for any grants or any help because we were open, we opened during the pandemic. We couldn't compare and show the loss of income. And it was very unfortunate because starting a business during normal, in parentheses, conditions is challenging. But starting a business during pandemic brought a whole new set of challenges and the uncertainty. Could we open? Could we not open? You know, we didn't know. Every day was different. Things were changing. We were constantly adapting. And I actually was, uh, a few weeks ago, I was part of a virtual rally where we were talking to state officials in Massachusetts to see how there can be some funding available for businesses that opened during year 2020, because there has been none. The only uh, grant we got was from a local uh, resilience fund. We were able to qualify for one grant because it was a local, but unfortunately not. And what about your other company, Clean Green? Was that able to qualify for anything? Okay. Yes. We, fortunately, we opened, we were in business. We opened uh, Clean Green in 2008. So we were able to get help. We got the PPP uh, and we were able to keep our employees employed. And we had a clientele and our clients were so generous that when the pandemic hit, they were paying for their cleanings so we could pay the staff. and have them still come to work. And we also were fortunate because we were considered one of the essential businesses. So fortunately with Clean Green, we consider ourselves very lucky with everything that uh, was going on because some businesses uh, were struggling so much. Some businesses were booming. So it was really, uh, really interesting. And I know Cape Cod, where your companies are based, had a particularly unpredictable uh, economy through the pandemic because it's so dependent on tourism. Yika, how did you work to mitigate those uncertainties, especially with businesses, cleaning service, yoga studio, that are so dependent on in-person activity on the Cape? Yes, it's true that Cape Cod is dependent on tourism and nearly 60,000 of homes are seasonal. That's over 33 excuse me, that's over 36% of the housing stock. But we also have a sizable year-round population that has grown now even more because a lot of people moved uh, from the cities to Cape Cod to escape the pandemic. While, you know, with Clean Green, 
as I mentioned, we were very fortunate with Nova, not so fortunate, but I always feel that in every negative situation, there is an opportunity. And how can we adapt? How can we see it and find ways to make it? Because I don't like to give up. I see challenges as um, something that I need to accomplish for myself personally. So, for example, with the pandemic, we were able to start employee wellness program. And we are offering companies, uh, corporate wellness or, or nonprofits, employee wellness programs, so they can give health and wellness to their employees. So with more people on Cape Cod, more people here now, we are very excited to have a busy summer and have the real opening after one year and see what we can do and where we can bring Nova and embrace everything that's going to happen. Now, it's shifting because as of Saturday, May 29th, we have everything is 100% capacity. We don't need to have masks. People can come in the studio, which before people were worried to be practicing yoga either with a mask on or, you know, people are not comfortable, understandably. And the other question I have for you, Yitka, is you clearly have a lot of interests. Uh, you've been involved in education and social services related charity work in addition to your cleaning business and yoga studio. How do you make the jump from cleaning services to yoga? I know you said that you were an athlete. And I was wondering, is that when you were a child in grade school or at the college level? Or when did you, when were you, when did you say you're an athlete? I never considered myself an athlete because in Czech Republic, it's not common to have sports at schools. You only do sports in a club or after school. So I never experienced the school, the school sports. So I was always active doing different things with friends in the village. And when I came to America, I always like to ride a bike. I like to do different things. I like to run. I started to slowly find my interest here. And when I turned 40, I started racing cyclocross and got more involved. And I felt that I could be an example for other people who never, were never considered athletes for whatever reason. There's never too, it's never too late to start something. And why not challenge ourselves and try new things? So starting at 40 years old, racing uh, bikes and adding the healthy balance to my lifestyle with running a family, business, and taking time for myself, I knew I need to add yoga and mindfulness to my life. So I have been passionate about that. And as I mentioned, I always had a dream to build a big company. So I felt that this is my opportunity to see what I can do personally and take on this challenge of building a big company. With Nova Health and Wellness, it's my passion and I am so excited to see where I can bring it. And so how long had you been doing yoga before you created this company? So I have been doing yoga for maybe five years and I started it to add it to my cycling and life balance. And it was interesting because when my daughter was younger, I think she was five years old, I started to look for more yoga classes. But paying $20 for a yoga class plus a babysitter, that was not really feasible for me to do on a regular basis. So 
So I found a community yoga at a local library where we would uh, go together, pay a donation fee, $5 for each, and we would do yoga. Uh, I would do yoga with my daughter. But after a few weeks, my daughter and I were asked to leave because apparently we were disturbing the women in the class when my daughter was coloring or when she would come to me and kiss me or whisper to me. And I could never let that feeling, I was disappointed, I was frustrated, I, was, I just couldn't describe the feelings I had. And this never happened to me before that this wouldn't go away. And I kept thinking about it and what can I do about it? And I said, I want to do something that this doesn't happen to another woman, that she wouldn't be able to afford to do yoga or come to a community yoga class. So one thing led to the next and to the next and to the next. And now here we are with Nova. And so the, the women who come to do yoga with you, can they bring their children if they must or if they'd like? That's a good question. We never, we never thought about it because it was during pandemic. Right, right, exactly. But you might be facing that soon. <laughs> For our outdoor classes, yes. They would bring children when they came to outdoor classes, yes. But absolutely. <laughs> and it didn't give you any kind of problem? You didn't ask them to leave? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's really great. I'm kind of wondering, someone so ambitious like yourself, do you ever think of creating another company or you think you're going to try and manage these two and that's enough? I never say no because I like the challenges. And what is really interesting when I look back at my, you know, what I have done so far with my passion for cycling, when I started to take on some cycling challenges, uh, charity rides or uh, long rides. I rode 400 miles in three days for, from Connecticut to Canada. I rode Mount Washington, up Mount Washington on my bike. And these experiences really helped me to look at things one pedal at a time, one step at a time, and really motivate me and help me stay focused. So when the pandemic hit, I said, this is going to be a long Mount Washington. I need to take it slowly. I need to pedal slowly. I need to look at the next hill and not look at the top of the mountain because it will be a long ride. So this really helps me break things down, stay focused, stay motivated and inspired and enjoy the journey because it's not about when you finish, but it's about the journey before you go there. So these experiences really help me and I am so thankful I had those experiences. That sounds great. I so appreciate it. And it was great to meet you. And I hope that we talk again uh, very soon. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us this week for another episode of Job Makers. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to Job Makers on your favorite podcast app and share this episode on Facebook and Twitter. Join us again next Thursday at noon. I'm Joe Napolitano, and thank you again for listening to Job Makers.